Listen, today I'm really excited about, because um, I've already heard the message once, and I'm really excited for you to hear it. Um, but when I was praying about this worship experience this, this weekend, um, I, I was like, God, you know, what do you want to do? And, and, and I, always, I, always get, you know, I always get the plan from God. And, um, and so I felt like, I really felt like God was like, hey, I want you to have Brent uh, come. And, and you may or may not know Brent and Rebecca Pearson. They're, they're part of our church. Um, they're, they're from East Texas. They've been in Ohio, um, at World Harvest Church with Rob Parsley and, and, and they've been there for several years, but they came back home and, and they've gotten connected in our church and they're owners at our church and, and, uh, they've served in, in leadership and pastoring and, and all types of things. And, and right now they're just, they're in this season of just being faithful and being a part of pathway and serving. And you, <clears throat> a lot of times they serve in prayer and other places. And so you may have seen them or heard them, but I just really felt like I, I love Brent has such a passion for God and really a passion for the Word of God. And um, if you know him at all, if you'll just start talking, Bible will start coming out of his mouth. It's just incredible to me how much Bible is in there because if you just start a conversation about a dog, then he all of a sudden Bible starts coming out. I don't know, you know, and, and um, or the weather, you know, whatever. But but I, I love his passion for God, his passion for the Word of God. So I call him. I said, Brent, would you come? Would you speak? He said, I would be honored to. And so I want you to make him welcome, Brent Pearson, this morning as he comes to deliver God's Word. Praise God. Everybody love Jesus? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Me too. And I am excited about this new decade as well. Amen. We're about to step into the 20s. I always wanted to live in the 20s back in the 1920s, 30s, 40s. We get to live in the 20s, guys. You excited? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, they nicknamed, that's the only decade they ever nicknamed the Roaring 20s. And uh, it's kind of significant because I'm talking to you today about a praise life. And how many of you know that's who our Savior is called? One of his names in Revelation is he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen? Amen. Full of praise. Amen? So uh, I'm excited to be able to be here. Uh, I've got my lovely bride here, Rebecca, once again, if you want to just wave at everybody. We're excited to be here. And um, also just the honor I want to reiterate is... Pastor Marty said to Pastor Marty and Julie and all the leadership here, thank you for letting us be here and have the opportunity to share with you guys. And we just want to add value to you. We want to say something. We want to reach into the world where you're at and share God's eternal word with you. And so uh, that being said, let's just, uh, let's just jump into God's word this morning. Um, God is a faithful God, amen? Amen. And we have the opportunity to serve him and to praise him for his faithfulness. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1 that God is a faithful God and that we have the opportunity to partner with him through Jesus Christ. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7 says, Understand therefore that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God. Amen. He's the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. So God is faithful, amen? But if you're gonna talk about God's faithfulness, you can't talk about faithfulness uh, without mentioning faith, amen? So it's, it's a big part of it. So um, 
there's several scriptures that, uh, that illustrate this. I want to just go down through them. So if you just kind of hang with me here this morning, um, Habakkuk chapter two and Galatians chapter three, Romans chapter one, Hebrews chapter 10, all state within it in the, uh, in, in various verses that we live by faith. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith is important for many different reasons. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight says, we are saved through faith. Ephesians chapter three, verse 17 says, Christ lives in our hearts by faith. First Corinthians five, seven says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Hebrews eleven six says, it is, it is impossible to please God without faith. Amen. First Peter five, eight through nine says, you can't resist your adversary, the devil who comes to devour uh, without faith. Amen. And Ephesians 6, 16, in talking about the whole armor of God, the Bible says that we cannot quench the flaming arrows of the wicked one without the shield of faith. Amen. So you get in the picture this morning, faith is big, isn't it? So all of the things that God promises us and has provided for us, uh, it is up to us. Uh, we must uh, infiltrate, we must apprehend, and we must take possession of all the things that God has provided for us by our faith. Amen. So the scripture is clear. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one, one word for finisher is he's the developer of our faith. And as we get ready to step over into this new year, God wants to develop mine and your faith to a new place. Amen. But it's impossible for our faith to be appropriately developed without the firm foundation of God's word. Amen. So it's not just a matter of having heard God's word. We're not talking about that. We're talking about you need to hear his word and you need to hear his word and you need to hear his word. Amen. Again and again and again. Establish that in your life. And as we go forward, we're going to see God do some amazing things. Are you with me? 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So now we have this element of victory being brought in that is a result of mine and your faith. So regarding victory, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody excited about that? 2 Corinthians 2, 14, one of my favorites says, now thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Um, I like this in the New King James Version. It says, he diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge through us in every place. Diffuses. I don't know about you, but uh, my wife uses diffusers all over the house. Every room you go into, she's got these little diffusers that just, you know, the little uh, essential oils, and it just goes everywhere. The Bible says that uh, God gives us victory, always causing us to triumph, but he wants to diffuse the knowledge of him through us in every place. God's word translation says it's like a fragrance that fills the air. Amen. Hallelujah. When we start uh, speaking God's word, when we start building our life upon the firm foundation of God's word, uh, God is not going to just cause us to have a praise. Amen. It's important to have a praise and that's where I'm headed in just a moment. But more importantly, how many of you know God wants you to be a praise? Amen. 
Amen. Those of you that play instruments, I, I heard Phil Driscoll a few years ago, if you know him, anointed trumpet player, amazing, anointed man of God. Um, he said, I don't just play a trumpet. He said, I am a trumpet. And I thought, wow, man, that's awesome. I don't play anything. <laughs> and I don't have much of a singing voice. But you know what? I can be a praise. Amen. I can be a praise unto God because it goes up before him and it changes the atmosphere, fills the air like a fragrance. Amen. I don't know about you. I want to be an atmosphere changer. How about you? Amen. You know, God's called us to be uh, a thermostat, not a thermometer. You know the difference? A thermometer just tells you what it is right now, um, but a thermostat, what is the controller of it? You change the atmosphere with your praise. Anybody want to go with me? Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have promises about God's victory. Uh, Psalm chapter 100 verse 4 brings another element into thanks because those two verses in uh, First and Second Corinthians talk about thanksgiving and victory together. So there's a divine connection between thanks and victory, and you need to see that. But in uh, Psalm chapter 100, it says, enter into his gates again with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So now he brings praise into it. Somebody say praise. praise. He says, and be thankful unto him and bless his name. So we have all of these elements working together in regards to God giving us and bringing us victory. And the hallmark scripture for this morning's message I want to bring to you is Psalm chapter 34, verse one says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I want to talk to you a few minutes about a praise life. Amen. A praise life. It's the point of no return. We're getting ready to step over that threshold. As Pastor Marty said a moment ago, not just the end of a year, but the end of a decade. It's, it's how you go into the next year. How you come out and how you go in is important. God is all about beginning and he's all about ending. He said concerning himself, he said, I am Alpha and I am Omega. I am the first, I am the last, I'm the beginning and the end. And God wants us to put these two together. I will bless the Lord at all times. Notice this, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. His praise shall be in my mouth. Not complaining, amen? Not fussing and griping and moaning, right? Not talking about all the negative things and how bad everything is going, but what his praise shall continually be in my mouth, amen? And the question has to be asked, um, do we have a praise life? Do we have a praise life? I wanna pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. God, I thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet and it is a light into our pathway. Lord, I thank you that we are servants, Lord, that are serving in your vineyard. Father, I pray that for every person who is listening this morning, that they would have an open heart to receive. I pray that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened and illuminated. Lord, give us the spirit of wisdom and the uh, spirit of revelation in the knowledge of you, Lord, that we can not only hear your word this morning and receive it gladly, Lord, but we can begin to become doers, doers of your word. And when we act on your word, we know that the blessings will be forthcoming. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. So I will bless the Lord at all times. Amen.
His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So we want to cultivate a lifestyle of praise. And this may seem simple to you this morning, and it is a very simple message, but I want you to purpose in your heart, you won't let this be too simple for you. Because in my experience, as I walk around, I see so many Christians and the things that we're going through, the things that we have going on in our life, but I don't always hear and see a life of praise. Amen? Because you could have someone, you know, I've heard preachers and different ones ask the question, well, do you have a prayer life? And I am so fired up about this vision of prayer that pastor was talking about. If you're not involved in the prayer meetings, please come, get involved, be a part of it. Prayer is where it all begins, amen? You have to ask. Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them, amen? Hallelujah. He said, you have not because you ask not. So it's first and foremost about, pray, about prayer, but beyond prayer, there has to be something else. And that next step beyond prayer is praise. Amen. So we've had the question posed to us. And uh, if not before for you this morning, do you have a prayer life? It's a good question, but do you have a praise life? Do you have a praise life? Uh, and truly, if we were going to find out if you have a praise life, we really wouldn't want to come to you and find out, do you have a praise life? Because you'd probably say yes, you know, because what, I've got praise in my heart, brother Brad. I've got praise inside. I don't like to vocalize it. I don't always want to make it known to everybody. But if I really wanted to find out if you had a praise life, I'd really want to go to the people that were close to you. Amen? I'd want to go and find out, well, do you ever hear them sing? Do you ever hear them you know, even hum a tune or pray or sing or praise the Lord. And this isn't to bring anybody into condemnation, but it's to challenge you that the scriptures are clear. Psalm 34, one, what? I will bless the Lord when? In the good times? Huh? That's important, but what? At all times, amen? His praise will continually be in my mouth. And, and that doesn't mean, and I'm not trying to draw a picture of, uh, that we're to, you know, walk around with every last breath that we have and do nothing but praise, praise, praise. But it's living a lifestyle. You understand where I'm coming from? Making it a part of your lifestyle. When you wake up in the morning, do you begin to praise the Lord? Amen. Whenever you go to work in the morning, what are you doing on the way to work? Right? Whenever you get there. See, because you can get around other people and you can still praise the Lord. Amen. We don't want to be obnoxious about it. We don't want to get on other people's nerves because there's been people that have taken it overboard in that, in that way. But we're talking about you and I being a, uh, a sweet smelling fragrance to the Lord all the time out of our belly. Jesus said, if you're, if you're thirsting for more of God, then out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. How I many of you know there should be a continual river of praise that just flows out of your innermost being? Amen. And it can be that way, you, but, but we have to cultivate it. We have to discipline ourselves. We have to have our minds renewed on what God's word says first and then just become a doer of it, amen? Because this isn't about what we feel. It's about what we're willing to do to, to walk in God's way, amen? Pastor mentioned it a moment ago, doing it God's way. How many of you know God's way works, amen? So I just want to share with you for a few moments, and I'd really just want to... To, to kind of bring you into this the way that God brought me into it because um, I was having some issues in my own body just a few months ago with, uh, with my, my work. 
very physically demanding job uh, that I was doing at that time. And I was finding myself constantly being injured in my back. I was constantly just couldn't hardly do my work. It was, in, it was debilitating me in many ways in my personal life. And I was having to go to the doctor and I was having to get treatments and uh, it began to get more and more frequent. And it just kept almost declining to a point where I was almost having to go every week. And for me, I'm like, Lord, I know this is not your best. Amen. It's no condemnation for having to go to the doctor and get treatments, but I knew that God had more for me. So I went to him and I began to pray about it. And he brought this back to my remembrance. Uh, and it's what's called the praise cure. Amen. The praise cure. What is the praise cure? Uh, it has to do with praising God and worshiping him on a continual basis. And the story that I heard that helped to illustrate this, there was a lady that was a missionary to China many, many years ago, uh, back in the days when there were no miracle drugs. She's out there in a really remote area and she had contracted a disease, uh, like a smallpox disease that was prevalent in those days that was incurable. She was, there was no way for her to be able to, uh, to be healed. Medical science had looked at her and that day they said, there's nothing else we can do for you. And she contracted the disease because she was serving some of the other people relentlessly and tirelessly doing the work of the Lord. And so uh, she wasn't being foolish in any way about it, but she, here she is, and now she's got it, and so she's got these smallpox marks all over her body from head to toe. And so she cried out to the Lord and just said, Lord, what am I going to do? I'm going to die. They're, 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 the diagnosis is I'm going to die. And the Lord showed her a vision. So this was the picture that the Lord gave her. And in this vision, this dream that she had, she saw a picture of like an old-timey scales, and, you know, the kind that balance back and forth. And on one side, the, the basket said test or trial. And on the other side, it said praise. And the Lord simply showed her that the testing in the trial basket was full and overflowing, but the praise basket was only halfway full. And the Lord said, if you'll praise me and you'll worship me and you'll begin to thank me until that basket overflows, you'll be healed. Amen. And so she, I mean, she began to do, she didn't just hear about that. She began to do that. Amen. She began to praise and she sang and she praised and she sang and she praised as the story goes, uh, day after day, several days went by to the point she was, uh, affecting the nurses. She was changing the atmosphere where she was at. They began to praise. They began to sing along with her. Uh, the doctors started to question whether or not she was actually starting to slip away. They thought, well, maybe she's a little bit delirious at this point, but she knew what she was doing because she knew what God had showed her. If you'll praise me until uh, the victory comes, you'll be healed. And she praised and she sang and she praised and she sang. And uh, several days later, sure enough, every single mark on her body disappeared and she was healed by the power of God. Amen. And I was like, wow, man, what a vision, what a picture of what God can and will do if we'll just be obedient to do the simple word of God. What would it look like in 2020 if you and I just took this one verse of scripture in Psalm chapter 34, 34 uh, verse one, and we made it our own? What would it look like if we decided I'm gonna do this one verse? Because there's so many you could get overwhelmed by, right? But what if I became a doer? What if I was to bless the Lord at all times and his praise be continually in my mouth every day this next year? I'm going to dedicate myself to do it. What would it look like? 
Huh? The scriptures are clear on the fact that we must not just be hearers of the word, but we must be what? Doers of the word. Hallelujah. The Bible says in James chapter 2, verse 17, faith without works is what? Dead, being alone, or faith without corresponding action. So faith requires corresponding action. James chapter 1, verse 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. That scripture always disturbed me because I, I thought, well, you know, sometimes we don't need the devil to deceive us. The scripture says that if we hear God's word, but we don't do God's word, we deceive ourselves. Amen. He doesn't, he can leave us alone. He can take one look at our life and say, I, they, they're, they're listeners and they're hearers, but they're not doers. I don't even have to get involved. I don't know about you, but that's not us. Amen. Come on, bright pastor. That's not pathway, right? That's not who we are. We're going to be what? Not just hearers of the word, but we're going to be what? Doers of his word because doers and hearers, they go together. Amen. Whenever you hear God's word and you don't do it, you deceive yourself. Uh, but when you do God's word, some people want to just jump out and do, but if you do God's word without hearing first, you've got no firm foundation for faith. Amen. So go to the word of God, find out what he's promised you. Go to the book of Psalms. I went through just recently when God brought me into this with the praise cure, I went through the book of Psalms and just took a highlighter and I just marked every, highlighted every scripture that said praise. And then just go through that at a glance. You can see every single time and you see it re repeating, reoccurring. God desires us to what? Praise him and praise him and thank him and praise him. And when we do, we're gonna find ourselves stepping out of where we've been into the things that he has for us. Amen. It's exciting. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse seven, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Amen. So there's several different illustrations and things that we could talk about. Um, I'm not going to go into the whole story. I don't have time to set it all up. But if you go back into the Old Testament, there's a great illustration of this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And it's the story of Jehoshaphat when he was uh, being attacked on every side by several different enemies. And like I said, I'm not going to set the whole thing up. You can go back and read that for yourself. But in verse 21, <clears throat> the word of God declares that Jehoshaphat, the king over Judah, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army and they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Amen. Didn't you love that song we were singing this morning about God is so good? You know, sometimes our deliverance and the things that God wants to do in our life, maybe it's healing for your body, maybe it's a financial miracle, things that you need a breakthrough in. Do you realize so many times it's not that far away from you? I think we've bought into a lie, Pastor. The enemy tries to make it seem like sometimes we've got to do all these things and we've got to perform a certain way. And I know that this has to do with a lot of things that are required on our part, but God's already, he's already lifted the heavy end, amen? He's already done all the hard work. And it's not that far away from you. I love what Romans chapter 10 says that uh, concerning the word of faith, Paul said that we preach. He said, the word is near you, even in your heart and in your mouth. Amen. So, and everything that we ever need from God is in his word. Amen. So if you need healing and it's in his word and it is, 
What? How close, how close to you is that healing? How close to you is that breakthrough? Right there in your mouth, amen? You got to get it out of your heart, though, and put it in your mouth. Psalm chapter 34, verse 1 says, His praise shall continually be where? In my heart? No, where? In my mouth. Amen. There has to come a time where you say, I'm going to get my, uh, I'm going to get the promises of God up out of my heart and I'm going to get them in my mouth. I'm going to speak them out. When God got ready to create the world, he didn't just think about light. Amen. What did he do? He spoke it out of his mouth and said, what? Let there be light. Amen. Whatever it is he's got for you, he may have it in his heart, but you want him to say, if you can ever get God to say it, you know it's all over with for whatever it is you're facing. Amen. See, but see, we have to give voice to that ourselves. Amen. When we speak it out. So praise and worshiping and singing to the Lord. Amen. Ephesians chapter five says that we, uh, we speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord. Amen worshiping him. Do you see how this, it even says that in there, that this is the will of God concerning you. Don't be deceived. This is what God wants us to do. This is his, this is his way. Amen. I love Matthew chapter six, verse 33. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. One translation says, seeking first his way of doing things. Amen. His way. How many of you know his way works? What if we try to figure it out and do it our way? Hmm? Doesn't work, does it? Because it may not make sense to your intellect. It may not make sense to your mind. Why should I do that? Brent, I don't understand. What's the big deal? It has to do with obedience. It has to do with you and I just simply trusting in the Lord enough that he's faithful. Amen. Hallelujah. He's faithful. That's one of the things, I didn't mention that, but the, the, the missionary to China, when the Lord showed her the two baskets, he said, he told her, praise me for, faith, for faithfulness to my word. That was part of it. Faithfulness to his word. He's faithful to his word, church. Amen. He's faithful to his word and he's worthy of our praise. Acts chapter 16, uh, the story of Paul and Silas uh, in jail. They had been imprisoned for preaching the gospel. They had been persecuted. They were, feet were in stocks, hands were in chains, behind bars. And the Bible says in verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, what? And sang praises unto God. And what happened? If you know the story, I don't know, but if you don't know, it's, it's the Bible says that there was an earthquake that happened and it shook the jail and everyone's chains fell off and the stocks were loose. And actually there was a jailer that had been keeping the prison. He sprang in with a light thinking everybody was gone. Paul said, don't leave, we're all here. And he got saved. Amen. Salvation came because a couple of guys decided to lift their voice and praise, not in just the good times, right? Not even in just the bad times, but when? At all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And the question is, is can we be doers of that as we step into this new year? Can we become not just people who praise him on the mountaintops only, but even in the midst of the valley, even in the midst of the trouble, even in the midst of the trials and the tribulations, it's when we lift our voice that we start to change the atmosphere. Everything begins to turn. God will turn it around for you, folks. 
in the middle of your praise. Amen. He'll turn it around. Just sit back and watch him work. All you got to do is just literally just pat him on the back as if it were and just say, Lord, you're the best. Amen. You, you, are, you rock, Jesus. There's nobody like you. Amen. You are the bomb. Come on. Jesus is awesome. And when we praise him, I'm telling you, things begin to happen. Things begin to happen in the spiritual realm. Um, as I close this morning, I want to share a story with you also along these same lines. There again, because my prayer is for, and my hope is that you can see this the way that the Lord showed it to me. I don't know if I can put it in a way that you can see. Sometimes it's like, to me, the word of God is like a mountain, pastor, where you walk around it. You know, one scripture can be like a mighty mountain in the spirit realm. And there's a lot of different vantage points from that one. You can stand on a mountain and see so many different views, right? Come over here and look at it from this, this angle. And sometimes you have to see things and be told things in a certain way so you can see it uh, in the right way. And uh, I'm like, well, Lord, help me to show others the way you showed me. Because um, as I mentioned earlier, I had condition in my body with the chiropractor. And I mean, I'm having to go every week almost. Lord, this isn't right. I, you know, I'm not experiencing your best here. What do you want me to do? And he showed me, he said, go back to the praise cure. Because he'd showed me this years ago, but I let it fall. I let it slip. Hebrews chapter two, verse one says that we should give the more earnest heed or pay much more closer attention to the things which we've heard, lest we let them drift away. Man, don't, don't raise up your hand, but have you ever had a revelation or a truth or a reality that God has shown you, but you let it get away from you? I know I have. And God will, out of his love and his mercy, he'll bring you back to that and say, go back and recapture that, amen? Go back and get a, a firm grip on it again. Go back and grab it with the, with your, with the teeth of faith, so to speak, and, and latch into it and don't let go of it, amen? So I did that. And I mean, I just began to pray. I upped the ante. I began to just, okay, Lord, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to praise you. The, the, the awesome thing is, is in several months now, I haven't been had to go back to the doctor. It's awesome. I mean, I'm like, I, I, it may not be some mind-blowing miracle to you, but I know the difference in me is that things begin to change, amen? Hallelujah, because when you start to praise God, how many of you know his joy starts to come on the scene? The Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine, amen? But it goes on to say a, a broken spirit dries the bones. And I thought, man, I know maybe that's what's the matter with me. My bones are getting dry because I don't have enough joy and I don't have enough praise. I got to get going here. I got to get, I got to let the river flow, amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. So anyway, I heard this story uh, years ago. Uh, my spiritual father in the faith, faith used to tell this all, all over the place. Uh, but it was a story of a man who was a minister, actually. And this was like back in the 1930s. It was way back um, before um, a lot of things that are available now, medically speaking. And um, he actually contracted tuberculosis. And in that day, tuberculosis was like listed as one of the top like number one or two killers. I mean, when you got tuberculosis, it was a death sentence and uh, they, they hadn't gotten some of the things that were available to help cure that. But um, he was just a young man uh, in the ministry. He had just been married a few months and um, they had a little baby boy that had just been born. And so all of a sudden, about six months into this uh, boy's uh, life, he's 
daddy, he finds out he's got tuberculosis and um, he was an evangelist, so he was preaching. And so he continued to be able to go around to different churches and preach. And, uh, but he said, out of his own testimony, he said um, the last thing he would do at all these meetings that he would hold, he would actually ask the people, please pray for me. Pray for me. I've been diagnosed with tuberculosis and I really need your prayers. So he would have people actually, you know, commit to partnering with him in prayer. I mean, pray for me. And so he, he did that again and again and again. A couple of years went by. Uh, he just continued to decline in his health till he got to the point where he literally couldn't go anymore. And he was at a dead stop. He was at the point really of kind of a, of no return. He couldn't, he couldn't do his ministry even. And so since he'd been in the ministry, traveling around, he had no home. He and his wife ended up back at the in-law's house, at his mother-in-law and father-in-law's house. And this was at a little farmhouse uh, here in Texas because he had, he had traveled all over Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas preaching. So here he is, and he's down to death's door sitting in this farmhouse. And you understand back in those days, you got people, you know, washing their clothes with rub boards and you got the, his, his father-in-law out plowing the fields with a mule, not even with a tractor. And he's sitting there in this bedroom, flat on his back, looking out the, 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 one of the bedroom windows. And he sees this little clump of trees and bushes way out about a quarter of a mile from the house. And he just says, Lord, if you'll help me somehow to get up from where I'm at and get out there by myself, he said, I'm going to do one of two things. He said, I'm going, to, I'm going to either pray until I am healed or I'm going to pray until I die. And he was at that point. And I know that seems extreme, but uh, God sometimes will require us to do sometimes extraordinary things in order to get healed. Now, I'm, you may not know where I'm coming from, but there was a, a great evangelist that lived back in the uh, 20th uh, century named Smith Wigglesworth. He made a statement one time. He said, when it comes to having a move of God, he said, sometimes we have to make room for certain extravagances, right? There's, there's sometimes we, where there's things that, uh, you know, you may have to get out of your comfort zone to do. And so here he is flat on his back, desperate. He says, Lord, give me enough strength to get out there where that little clump, clump of trees and bushes are. And I'm either, I'm going to pray until either I'm healed or I die. And so he said, I seem to get a little bit of strength. I made my way out of the bed and here I am. He, he somehow makes it all the way out there. He said the last few feet, he literally had to crawl on his hands and knees and crawled up in those bushes, totally exhausted, flat out on his back. He rolls over and he's staring up at the sky and he can't even hardly breathe. He can't talk. He can he only speak in a whisper. And he said the enemy started coming to him. He started whispering in his ear saying, well, you've really messed up now because you're out here by yourself. Your mother-in-law and your wife are washing clothes way back at the house. Your father-in-law is plowing the fields. No one's going to hear you. They're not even going to know where you're at. The only thing that's going to lead them to you will be the buzzards flying over your head because you're going to die right here. You know, the enemy, when you, when you get close to a breakthrough, how many of the enemy really wants to try to mess you up? He wants to pull you off course, pull you off the word. When you get really close, that's the time really to start getting excited. Because he didn't let that dawn him. He was like, hey, that's what I came out here for anyway. If I die, I die. I came out here to either what? Pray and get healed or what? Pray till I die. It's over with. And so here he is. And he starts to lift up his voice and pray. But he, he remembered wait a minute, I've been, I've been asking people to pray for me all over the, Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas. He said, I've got hundreds, probably thousands. If every person that I asked to pray, even if they just prayed a, a, a simple prayer every once in a while, he said, I've probably got thousands of people praying for me. 
And the thought occurred to me, he's like, if, if prayer was going to work, probably I would have already worked by now, right? And, and you understand, we're not minimizing prayer. As we've said before, prayer is where it starts. But what do you do once you've prayed? You just keep on praying and praying and begging? No, the time for praise is appropriate, amen, to, to begin to give God thanks. He said, so I decided I'm not going to pray one more prayer. He said, I'm going to lay here on the ground, Lord, and I'm going to praise you either until I'm healed or till I die. And he just started in a whisper, praise you. I praise you, Lord. He just started praying or praising and praising and singing and praising the best he could. Ten minutes went by. He was able to lift his little arms up. He said his elbows were resting on the ground and he had enough strength because he had an urge to lift his hands and he just kept praising God. Thank you, Lord, that your word is true. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful. Thank you, Lord, that you're my healer. I praise you, God, because you're, you're big and you're awesome and nothing and nobody compares to you just on and on and on and on and on. And finally, he got an urge and a little bit of strength to lift his hands all the way up in the air. And he's just continuing on and on and on. The story goes, two and a half hours later, he was standing on his feet and he was shouting so loud that somebody heard him over two miles away healed by the power of God. And, that, and he, he went on to live into his 70s. This man had an amazing testimony. He never got sick again as far as that disease or that thing coming back on him. Because why? God says what? He will deliver us when we lift up our voice, when we lift up a praise, he will bring us out of whatever it is that we're going through. Amen. So I want you to see that this morning. The scripture is very clear. I will bless the Lord when? At all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I want you to stand up on your feet, if you would, please. And I want you to just close your eyes. And would you just begin to do so right now? And not just being a hearer of God's word, but to be a doer. I want you to just begin to lift your voice and give God praise. Just begin to give God praise. Lord, you are good. And your mercy endures forever. Come on, church. We're talking about a praise life. We're talking about the point of no return. The man out in the trees and the bushes, he got to a point of no return. He got out there with his faith till he was like, I'm either going to have the blessing or I'm going to die trying. And sometimes it's God bringing us to the point where we're willing to die for what we believe in. Sometimes the greatest heroes and the ones who have the biggest things happen in their life are the ones who are willing to die for what they believe in. Are you willing to die for what you believe in? The question is, are we willing to have that kind of commitment? Are we willing to have that kind of sacrifice? Because the good news is, is we don't have to die. Jesus has already come and died. Nobody has to die in order to fulfill the Word of God. All God is looking for is for a willing and a yielded vessel. Somebody that will be a doer of His Word, not just a hearer only. What will you do in 2020? What will you do with your life? How will, how will 2020 be different from 2019 for you? God wants to lead us individually and as a church into a greater life of praise. He wants to get us into a place where we're deeper than we've ever been in His Spirit, deeper in His Word, and more uh, resolved in our commitment to be a worshiper, to be a praiser every day in our life, wherever we go, the people that are around us, if we were to ask, do they ever praise the Lord? They'd be able to say, yeah, man, they're always singing a song.
they're always humming a tune. They're always saying things just here and there. Let's me know. They're a praiser. Lord God, we worship you this morning. God, we worship you this morning. Come on, church, press in a little bit because what we're talking about here is a praise life. Not what you do in here in church. I know in, in church, we got some of the best praise and worship anywhere. This praise and worship team is absolutely phenomenal. They can bring us into the presence of God. What we're talking about is when you're by yourself. We're talking about when nobody else is around. What do you do on Tuesday morning? What do you do on Thursday afternoon? What do you do on Saturday in the middle of the day? What do you do whenever you're all by yourself out on the job, when you're at home cleaning the, cleaning the house, washing the clothes, doing the dishes? What are you doing with your life on a continual basis? Is it a life that is filled with God's praise? Come on, if you're comfortable, would you just lift your hands up? If you're comfortable doing so, just lift your hands up toward heaven and praise Him. Lord, we praise You. We praise You, Jesus. We praise You. Come on, some of you are going to get healed right now. Right in the middle of your praise. The Scripture says in Psalm chapter 22, verse 3, that God inhabits the praises of His people. Lord, I don't want to just have a praise. Lord, I want to be a praise. I want you to make me a living praise that my life is an aroma, a sweet-smelling fragrance that comes up before you, a continual river of praise that flows, a, a river of gratitude and thanksgiving for all that you've done for me, Lord, all that you've done, all that you're doing now, who you are, praising you for your faithfulness to your word. Lord, we worship you. Come on, the scripture says to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. It's not about what you feel. When you decide you're going to live a life of praise, don't wait to feel it. Just start doing it. Just step out and start to do it. When the children of Israel were delivered out of Egyptian bondage, God spoke to a man named Moses, says, go down there. You tell Pharaoh, let my people go. God led them out through a series of some of the most amazing miracles in your entire Bible and brought them up to the brink of this, of this river called the Red Sea. The Bible says they were trapped on every side. They couldn't get out. God had literally put them in a position where they were hemmed in, hemmed in and there was no way out. God spoke to Moses and said, hold out your staff, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. When he stretched out that rod, the Bible says that a strong wind began to blow and split that sea wide open and the children of Israel, God's people, God's people, that's who we are, God's people walked over on dry ground. And the Egyptian army that was in hot pursuit behind them is saying to do the same thing. The waters coming back upon them drowned the entire Egyptian army and they were standing in a complete and total victory in complete shock and awe of what God could do. But the scripture says that after God had brought the deliverance, after God had brought the victory, they took out tambourines and they began to sing and they began to praise and they began to thank God because he had thrown the rider and the horse in the sea. 
and they worship God. Miriam leading the pack, praising God. Hallelujah. As amazing as that is, these were Old Testament people of God. One of the big problems that God had with the children of Israel in those days was is that he brought them out of Egypt, but he couldn't hardly get Egypt out of them. So they didn't have their mind renewed on the Word of God. So they praised Him, which is good, after the victory was over with. But you and I are the New Testament church. We're on this side of the cross. We're on this side of the blood of Jesus. Let's not wait until we get over on the other side of the Red Sea to praise Him. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's pull the tambourine and the praise and the dance on this side of the, of the Red Sea. And let's shout now. Let's praise now. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your voice. Hallelujah. Lift your voice and give Him praise for a praise life. The point of no return. <laughs>